And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? Then you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, <laughs> when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Hello everyone, I'm Carl Amari and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to The Life of Riley with William Bendix. Then it's a great adventure episode of The Green Hornet, starring television's Captain Video, Al Hodge. With me as always is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Carl. What's going on? Nothing. Where else would I be? It's Hollywood 360 Day. It is. And uh, in our last hour, we started listening to a good comedy of the life of Riley called Finding the Perfect Mate from October 8, 1948. The stars William Bendix. Also in the cast, John Brown and Paula Winslow. Ken Niles doing the announcing, sponsored by Prell. Let's tune in to the conclusion now of the life of Riley. Leave me alone, conscience. I've got a headache. Riley, do something about Monahan. Stop pestering me. I ain't going to listen to you. You don't even exist. Give me an aspirin, will you? Go buy some. Let me a dime. I don't exist. Do you want him to steal the affection of your wife and children? Remember, he's the perfect mate. I know, I know. All right, tell me what to do. Be as good a man as Monahan. You too can be the perfect mate. You're right. Whatever Monahan does, I'll do better. That's the idea. Be kinder, more affectionate, more generous. Leave it to me. I'll start tomorrow. Tomorrow may be too late. Do it now. Now, yeah. Right away. I'll show him. Well, Riley, you weren't gone very long. No, and you know something, Peg? You don't look a day older since I last saw you. <laughs> I can hardly believe 18 years have passed. You look so young. Are you the mother of my two children? No. <laughs> And your complexion, like the fuzz on a peach. What on earth are you talking about? Well, I, I meant, I, I, I said... Riley, take some aspirin and lie down. I can't. He won't lend me a dime. I mean, I'm okay. Well, you don't sound it. Well, come on, Junior. If we're going to the movies, we better hurry. Now, speaking of the movies, I heard a funny story about this old maid who started to yell, Help, Usher! There's a man in my seat. And the Usher says, What do you want me to do? And the old maid said, Tie your legs. I'm trying to leave. <laughs> uh, don't you get it? it... Oh. Oh, you don't think I'm funny. You think Sidney's funny. You laugh at his jokes. Uh, Riley. Well, I don't need you to laugh at my jokes. I don't need any of you. I can laugh at my own jokes. Ha 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 
probably sitting in the living room right now laughing at me. Well, I'll show him. He laughs best who laughs last. You're telling me. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> oh, it's you. Yes, it is I indeed. Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> Greetings, Riley. You're looking... F you look dreadful. <laughs> Digger, did you ever think you got rid of a guy for good and then suddenly he came back? No, when I do a job, I do it. <laughs> Well, it, it's that Monaghan, you know, Peg's old boyfriend. He's staying with us, that no-good phony. Oh, Riley, you're jealous. Well, I got a right to be jealous. You see, Digger, he'd be much better for Peg than me. I ain't right for Peg. We ain't a bit alike. Don't you know that opposites attract? Now, my wife and I, we're divinely happy. But do you know what she was when we got married? Uh. A lifeguard. <laughs> But this Monaghan, he keeps flattering Peg and he gives the kids money. He's digging the ground from under me. Everybody wants to get into the act. <laughs> Riley, you must protect your happy home. Go to this scoundrel. Bid him be gone. You're right, Digger. I'll do it tomorrow. Now, at once. In my profession, we have a say. Never put off till tomorrow who you can put away today. <laughs> Cheerio. I'd better be shoveling off. Oh, Sydney! In here, Peggy Pie. Oh, Sydney, did you? Why, Sydney, you're packing. Yes, yes, it's time I was off. Oh, but your train doesn't leave till Wednesday, you said. Uh, I'll stay at a hotel downtown. Oh, but it's only for a few days. You might as no, well... No, no, Peg, it's better this way. Haven't you noticed how Riley's been acting? Why, that big dope is actually jealous of me. Oh, it's not serious. He's always been jealous of you. Yeah, no. Even at your wedding, remember? <laughs> he let all the ushers kiss you after the ceremony, but when it came to my turn, he made me kiss him. <laughs> Oh, well, I, I kind of like his being jealous. But this time he's got it bad. By the big lug, really miserable. Honest? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, then I'd better talk to him and tell him how ridiculous he is. Oh, I never heard of such nonsense. Oh, Peg, with Riley talking doesn't do any good. Now, take a tip from me. You want some peace of mind? Be extra sweet to him. You know, lay it on thick. Well, if you think it'll ease that mind of his, I'll try it. Hey. Hey. There he is. Go on now. Cheer him up and I'll finish Peg. All right. See you later, Sidney. Oh, oh, here you are, Peg. Peg, I... Hello, sweetheart. <laughs> Peg, I... You talking to me? Well, who else would I be calling, sweetheart? Oh, you look tired, dear. Sit down. Right. Oh, no, no, not over there. Here on the couch, beside me. Oh. Well, gee, Peg... Why aren't you nice to me like this all the time? I don't think you love me anymore. Why, darling, how can you say that? Oh, I don't blame you. After all, I just ain't the right kind of mate for you. Peg, you can leave me any time you want. I I'll treat you fair. I won't ask for too much alimony. Now, dear, you know you're just talking nonsense. But as far as I'm concerned, you're the perfect husband. Perfect? Am I really? Of course, darling. I wouldn't change you for any man in the world. 
Not even Cary Grant. (laughs) Cary Grant, he can't compare to you. Well. (laughs) So you get these crazy ideas out of your head. And you really love me? Of course I do. Well, then, Peg, uh, talk to me like you used to. What do you mean, dear? Well, you know, like we did on our honeymoon. Oh, oh, don't be silly, dear. We're an old married couple now. I knew it. You don't love me. (laughs) Oh. Well, all right. Uh, Well? (laughs) Well, go on. Go on, say it. Does... Wiley Piley Wum, his widow Peggy Weggy. Who knows Wiley Piley Wum, his widow Tootsie Wootsie. Who is my widow Yummy Yummy? Who is my widow Yummy Yummy Yummy? Who is my widow Yummy 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 Hey, Pop. Uh, beat it, and... Junior. Your mother and me are on our honeymoon. I'm sorry. Can we do Junior Punya have a nickel with you? I just gave you a nickel wickle. This. Peg, he's making fun of me. Well, it's your own fault you asked for it. <laughs> I don't care. It was worth it. Because now I know you're still crazy about me. Oh, what a dope I was. I actually thought that... Hey, that reminds me. I got some unfinished business to finish. Monaghan! In here, Riley. Monaghan, I'm giving you ten seconds to get out of this house. Oh, Riley, I don't... If you ain't out in ten seconds, I'm throwing you out. Riley, that's no way to treat a pal. You're no pal of mine, you sneak. Huh? You want to break up my home, but it won't work because my peg is crazy about me. She'd rather have me than Cary Grant. That shows you how crazy she is. Why, you conceited ape. Ten minutes ago, Peg was so fed up with your childish shenanigans, she was going to knock your block off. And she would have, too, only I, Monaghan the Boy Scout, begged her to be sweet to you. Oh, just as I thought. You're jealous. If there's one thing I can't stand, it's a guy who's jealous. Well, if you don't believe me, go ask her. You're lying, Monaghan, but you... you can't fool me. There ain't a liar living that I ain't a match for. (laughs) Now your ten seconds are up. All right, all right. I was leaving anyway. I ain't letting you leave. I'm throwing you out. Well, Riley, go on, go. Stop, stop, stop. Go on, let's go. And don't ever show your face around here again. What was all that noise? Now, don't you worry, Peggy Weggy. I just threw Sidney Pitney down his Dipsy Wepsies. You did what? I bounced Monaghan. Chester Riley, how could you do a thing like that? But he was trying to break up our home. He's the best friend you ever had. He was going to leave of his own accord because you were acting like a child. Peg, don't call me a child. I'm practically 40, and you just said I'm a perfect husband. Only because Sidney asked me to. He... he did? He, he really did? Yes. I wanted to ball you out, but he didn't want you to feel bad. Do you realize how silly you've been behaving? Now, wait, Peg. You are, without a doubt, the most childish... Now, wait, Peg. Take it easy. The most infantile, the most ridiculous... Peg, control yourself. The most exact... Monaghan! Sydney! Come back, Sydney, darling. I can't live without you. (laughs) 
Oh, please put out the light. I'm sleepy. Well, first forgive me. Now, come on, say you forgive me, Peg. All right, but you get rid of that silly book right away. Okay, but I think you're making a mistake. By studying this book, we can pick the right kind of husband for Beth. Now, that's ridiculous. My father didn't have to read anything to pick a husband for me. Now, you're lucky. All he ever read was the racing form. If he'd have picked you a mate today, you'd be married to Citation. <laughs> Riley. Citation's earned over $500,000, and he's only four years old. You're 40. Oh, you keep quiet. What? Nothing, Peg. Nighty whitey, yummy, yummy. Martin invites you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley with William Bendix's wife. The script is by Reuben Schiff and Alan Lipscott. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker. And remember, for more radiant hair free of unsightly dandruff, get the shampoo in the tube. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. This is Ken Niles reminding you to listen again next Friday when Procter & Gamble again brings you a full hour of entertainment. First, Red Skelton, and then, The Life of Riley. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. And that's The Life of Riley, October 8, 1948, starring William Bendix as Chester A. Riley, as heard on NBC. Hope you enjoyed that. Did you like it, Lisa? I did like it. I'm you a like, big fan of You like comedies. Riley. You know, they play Life of Riley. It was a television show. They play The yeah. Life of Riley on MeTV and Antenna TV and some of the great classic uh, television stations on cable. Hilarious show. I think they did a terrific job of, of uh, taking a radio show and doing... Doing it on television. Not all of them yeah. were as good as the radio show. I mean, I think that this is really uh, one that they did a great job on. Father Knows Best was a great one, Ozzy and Harriet. But uh, all of these classic radio shows are heard here on Hollywood 360. We have a website and we have a Facebook page. You can get a hold of us through our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and search Hollywood 360 Radio. And if you want to check out our website, it's Hollywood360Radio.com. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to tune in to the Green Hornet. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back to the show. It's time now for the Green Hornet. This was one of radio's best known and most uh, distinctive adventure shows. And uh, the Green Hornet was really Lisa Britt Reed, millionaire publisher of the Daily Sentinel newspaper. This put him in the position to learn facts about criminals that only the police had access. He was armed with his knowledge and a gas gun that rendered foes momentarily unconscious. Along with a sleek black automobile known as the Black Beauty, he donned the guise of the Green Hornet. Feared by the underworld and sought after by the police, the masked vigilante fought racketeers, gangsters, and saboteurs. And he had a sidekick, just like uh, me. I have a sidekick. Who, who is it? Her name is Lisa Wolf. Oh, oh, oh. And uh, the Green Hornet's sidekick was named Cato. And in the television series, Bruce Lee 
played Cato. But it's time for radio. Uh, this is a radio broadcast. And on this show, you're going to hear Al Hodge as the Green Hornet. Al Hodge was Captain Video on television. This is from June 21st, 1941, called The Man Wanted for Murder. Let's tune in part one of The Green Hornet. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies that even the G-men cannot reach. The Green Hornet. With his faithful valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed as he races toward another thrilling adventure. The Green Hornet strikes again. Hurry, Cato. Here's where we help jail a gangster. Anything can happen in a big city. Anything. For example, it was a busy corner right in front of the Daily Sentinel. The man's hair was mussed, his collar open. He needed a shave. I saw There was a meadow and a tree. The moon's out. The moon. Oh, yes, Mr. Reed. I just had lunch. Oh, I didn't see you. It wasn't your fault, Miss Casey. He bumped into you. Well, don't just stand there, mister. Move along. You see it? It's up there. That's the moon. What? The moon. That's the meadow tree. There were shadows. Shadows under the moon. There's the moon. Well, mister, it's broad daylight. It's dark. Just the moon. There's the meadow. There's the tree. Never drink so early in the day. It's very bad. Gosh, is he feeling it? Tree, the meadow, moon, just shadows and the moon. Come on, Miss Case. We've got to get back to work. If you're crossing that street, you better do it now, Mister. The light's green. Moon, meadow. What guy? That sounds almost like double talk. Moon on the meadow. Uh, doesn't seem to know where he's going. Are we? Oh, wait a moment. I want to see if he gets. Mister Reed, Scott is heading straight for him. Look out! Mister Reed, Reed, are you all right? Snap out of it, fella! You almost got That's killed. Go. Moon on the meadow. The car went right through the light. Oh, I wish I'd gotten that number. We'll get that car, lady. Come on, there. Break it up, boy. Break it up. Come on. There's no point in standing right in the center of the street. Are you sure you're not hurt? No, he's perfectly okay. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about you. Good grief! When you ran right in front of that car, I. Well, you sound as if I were important. Well, you are. You're. I mean, after all, you're my boss, and I I like my job. What else could a girl mean? Remind me to take that up with you later. I will. Right now, this sleepwalker needs attention. That car, Mr. Yes, and of all the careless drivers going right through a light. Shadows under the tree. The the moon. There's the moon. He's just had too much to drink, Mr. Reed. Let him wander. He'll get home. Yeah, I suppose we might as well. After all, what happens to him? Miss Case. What is it? This man hasn't been drinking. He's in a daze. I thought they went together. I'm not kidding. Look at my hand. It's teen. I thought that car didn't hit you. It didn't. It missed us both. Well, then how did you get Look at the back of this man's head. He was slugged. There's a small cut there. I I never noticed. Neither did I. I must have touched it when I pulled him away from the path of that car. Are you all right? The meadow. The tree. Your name. What's your name? The moon. The moon. Shadows behind the tree. You hear that? He doesn't even know his name. Call an ambulance, Miss Case. This man's going to the hospital.
this afternoon. In cooperation with the hospital authorities, we broadcast a description of this man. If anyone recognizes this description... Turn it off, Cato. Please yes, communicate with... That is man you and Miss Case take to hospital, Mr. Britt? Yes, early this afternoon. Apparently, he still has amnesia. Traumatic amnesia. Please, what is that? It's loss of memory due to a blow on the head. The man was robbed, too. His wallet was gone. No marks of identification. I see. Hold the victim, yes? Oh, forget about it, Cato. It isn't important. There's no way to tell, Mr. Britt. In my native Philippine, we have saying... Huh? It is easier to drown in little wave than big one. <laughs> Meaning what? Meaning, please, one must not dismiss something as not important for that same for thing... that same thing may hit you when you're not looking, is that it? If you please, Mr. Britt, nothing too small. Okay, okay. Only I hope that poor chap gets back his memory. Yes, sir. Must have some relatives that... Hey, Harry! Cato, open up! Mr. Axford, yes? Hey, he sounds excited. Open up, I... Oh, Reed, I'm glad you're home. Too excited to remember your key, Axe? Reed, I ain't got time for nothing. Come on along. I got the car downstairs. Oh, I'm not going out. Oh, golly, yes, you are. It's a newspaper business. It's a scoop for the central. Oh, Axford, I'm... Mr. Axford, please, you go away. Mr. Britton... Yes, oh, keep your nose out of this. Moran's downstairs, Sergeant Moran. He's waiting to take us to the scene of the crime. It was Hazelton. Hazelton? You mean that's the name of the man in the hospital? So for the snacks, Reed, are you batty? Who cares about that guy? Hazelton. Hazelton, the head of the state police department. Captain Hazelton, did he catch someone? The other way around, Reed. Someone caught him with a bullet in the back. He's been murdered. There ain't a thing been touched, Mr. Reed. It's just the way it was when we found it, including the body. Poor Hazelton. Most likely he never knew who shot him. There's a moon, but he got it from the back. What about these footprints, Sergeant? Uh, we made plastic ass of them, Mr. Reed. A lot of good that's going to do. How do you know it is the same fellow who done the murder? Who else could it be? It ain't Hazelton. That's the wagon, Moran? Yeah, from the morgue, Mr. Reed. He told you the Sentinel would get the story exclusive. Suffering snakes, there ain't no reporters but us. Was Captain Hazelton working on any special case that you know of, Sergeant? Well, we talked to the state police. They said they didn't know nothing, but they'd check his private belongings to make sure. Well, we'll start the standing here. Come on, Axford, we've got a story to turn in. Yeah, Reed. Yeah, I'll come along with you. I, uh, I don't like staying out here. Oh, fine you. cop you are. Well, I can't do nothing from now, can I? Save it. Here comes the wagon. Yeah, I'll tell you about that. Who's that? Sergeant, that woman, she's standing beside Hazelton's body. Hey, hey, you stop! She's running. Stop her! She's running into the bushes. You can't shoot. No, Moran, you can't hey, see. Hey, lady! There's a cloud over the moon. Oh, did anyone get a good look at her? She disappeared too fast. Uh, she's got to be around someplace. Yeah, save your strength, Sergeant. You're wasting time. Yeah, it sure looks that way, Mr. Reed. Oh, I can see this murder is going to be plenty tough. I wish we could hang around, Sergeant, but you know how it is. Yeah. If I get anything new, I'll call the newspaper. Oh, thanks. Besides the story, I'm getting up early tomorrow, so good night, Moran, and pleasant dreams. And be sure to let us know if you solve the case. That's the first portion of the Green Hornet. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. All right, let's get back to the man wanted for murder on the Green Hornet. Publisher's office. No, Mr. Reed isn't in yet, but it shouldn't be long. Yes, call back, please. Hello, Casey. Is Reed in yet this morning? Not yet, actually. Oh, 
You haven't got anything new, have you? You mean about Captain Hazelton's murder, Casey? Well, no. I was thinking of that poor fellow in the hospital. Oh, him. Golly, I can't be bothered with small stuff like that, Casey. I'm handing a murder assignment. Okay, big shot. So you turned in a scoop. Holy crow, I sure did. That wasn't another paper carried the murder yarn in the first edition like the Sentinel. Naturally, I ain't interested in some am... Amnesia. Am, uh, amnesia. Yeah, in some amnesia victim. All right, I'll ask you. Is there anything new on the Hazelton murder? Yep, there sure is. Moran phoned and gave it to me for the afternoon edition. I was just telling Gunnigan about it. You make it sound important. It is. That woman who screamed wasn't located? No, but it's better than that. Casey, the police got a letter. No, I got one myself this morning. It was a note from the Green Hornet. I'm not interested in notes about... Who? Who did you say? Suffering snakes, do I got to repeat myself? The Green Hornet? The Green Hornet. What's he got to do with that murder? Casey, that's what the police are asking themselves right this minute. The note told the cops they'd never learn who done it. But why should the harlot send a note unless he done it himself? If you ask me, he's trying to lull their suspicions. Are you crazy? By sending a letter? Sure, by claiming they'd never learn. To a smart fellow like me, all that means is that the harlot is getting worried they'll find him. Why, a child wouldn't be that dumb. Oh, is that so? It'd make the police try all the harder to find the murderer. You mean the harlot wants him to? Why, of course, otherwise he'd keep his mouth shut instead Oh, I give up. You're just plain dumb. No, listen, you typewriter tootsie. I ain't going to... Morning, Mr. Case. Hello, Axford. Morning, Mr. Reed. Oh, did, did you hear about the green-hearted note? Oh, yes, you... Axford. I just spoke to Gunnigan. That's all the news, isn't it? Golly, ain't it enough? I hope the police get busy. Apparently, the Hornet wants them to. You mean because he sent that note? Of course. Oh, yeah. That, that's just what I was... Uh, I was telling Casey here. That's my theory, too. Uh-huh. Have you been to the hospital, Mr. Reed? No, no, I haven't. Well, I just wondered. That poor fellow, he might... Publisher's office. Casey. Hey, Casey. Is the boss there? Hold it. Mr. Reed, it's Lowry, and he sounds like a page one yarn. What? Hello. Hello, Lowry. Where are you? Boss, grab your hat and come running. I'm at the hospital. The hospital? Anything wrong? That's what I want to know. Either this guy with amnesia was leading a double life or somebody's pulling a fast one. Well, I don't get it, Lowry. What do you mean by a double life? The guy's gone, boss. His wife called for him. His wife called for him? Well, that's fine. Sure, Ollie. There's another dame here. She claims she's his wife. How do you like that? Well, you stay there, Lowry. I'm coming right over. I knew him from the description over the radio. He's been missing since the night before last night. Oh, whoa, 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 take it easy, Mrs. Mrs. Braley, if you are Mrs. Braley. If my husband had been in his right mind, he'd have known soon enough I'm Mrs. Braley. Who was that other woman? Oh, it's crazy. The whole thing's nuts. Why did they let her take him away? Well, she knew who he was. She had positive proof. What does it mean? Lady, I'm in the dark, too. My boss is coming over, and Sergeant Moran of the police force is in that room now, checking up. Just relax. Something may have happened to him. I'm so frightened, I... Sister, I want to talk to you. Are these your husband's shoes? Well, well yes. Shoes. For Pete's sake, Moran, what's that got to do with it? When he left, he wore slippers. Guess he's still hazy, huh? Well, what about it? But that ain't the point. I recognize these shoes, see? These are the shoes that made the prints in that meadow where Hazelton was murdered. Oh, no. Yes. Moran. Holy mackerel, you mean Braley? This guy with amnesia, he committed that murder? Yeah, and that ain't all. Lady, did you leave these cigarettes beside the hospital bed? Cigarettes? Why, no. Perhaps that other woman did. Oh, is that so? Smell these cigarettes, Lowry. They smell funny, Moran. They got a bitter almond smell. Yeah, bitter almonds. Cyanide, that's what it is. Poison. These cigarettes are poison. Now, who's trying to poison that guy? Poison? Oh, no. 
Lady, lady, stop that. You're hysterical. Ryan, who is this woman? Oh, hello, Mr. Reed. Don't ask me nothing. My head's going around in circles already. Don't you recollect that scream? This woman could be the one who... You mean Mrs. Braley? Braley, huh? Well, all right, Mrs. Braley, out with it. You're the woman who stood over Hazleton's body last night, aren't you? My husband said he was going for a walk. I went through the park to look for him. I was walking along and I saw... Please, where is my husband? What's happened to him? Boss, can we print this? What a mystery. Did Braley murder Hazelton and why? Who tried to poison Braley? Who's the other woman who spirited Braley away from here? Force what do you have a printed Lowry? Get a phone, put it on page one. And Moran, your police department better find Braley before it's too late. Before some. Before. Lowry. Lowry, got some water. She's fainted. threads of murder and mystery became hopelessly tangled when Braley's wife went to the hospital and found her husband gone. Even while the Daily Sentinel was rolling off the presses and selling in the streets, Britt Reed's office at the Daily Sentinel was a beehive of speculation and activity. Miss Case, get that one. I'll take this. Yes, sir. Hello. Hello? No, no, Gunnigan. Play it up the same way. Okay. It's the police department, Mr. Reed. Yes, slap that mystery angle big on page one. Use a streamer headline. You got anything from Axford? Okay. Axe was working on the Green Hornet angle, Miss Casey. hasn't got a thing. They gotta find him. Boss, hey, boss. Oh, what is it, Lowry? Give. I just left Mrs. Braley at the hospital. She's the real Mrs. Braley? Yeah, authentic, Casey. She even had the marriage license, which makes the other woman a pony. We guessed that before this. That isn't hot news. Boss, I was talking to one of the nurses. This Braley guy did some talking while he was being cared for. Yeah, Miss Casey and I heard him. He kept saying, moon on the meadow, shadows under the tree. We know now that he must have been talking about Hazelton's murder. Sure, but he said more than that at the hospital. He mentioned names. Names? What name? Hold on. Here they are. Creevy. Zeppelin, Dykus, Podowski, and Sharkson. How do you like them apples, boss? Gangster. Every one. The nurse said he kept repeating those names over and over. I told the police. They're checking on those crooks? Yeah, busy right now. You think Braley might have been taken out of the hospital by one of them? It's beginning to look that way, Miss Case. That woman who poses his wife must have been a stooge. Well, it's a novel way to get a murderer out of a hospital. You've got to admit that. We don't know he did the murder. Oh, Casey, what else is there? Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Remember those poison cigarettes? Perhaps Braley didn't commit that murder. Perhaps he'd been a witness to the murder. That would explain why they'd want him out of that hospital. What grief. You mean they're trying to kill him? Yeah. Why not? If he's a witness to a murder, why not? I guess we'll never know till we find him, huh? Killer or witness? Which? Get the police. Give him that angle. They're checking now. Hello. Hello, get the police. Well, department. talk to them. We need action and I'm going to get it. Oh, yes, Axford. Any news at the Sentinel? They ain't found Braley yet. Those gangsters have been questioned? They say they're as innocent as newborn babes, all of them. I tell you, Reed, it's the Green Hornet. It must be the Hornet. Uh, never mind, Axford. I said never mind. I'm busy. Give your information to the city desk. I, uh, I have a date. Well, Cato, you've been gone a long time. I, I hurry fast, Mr. Blit. Admit Axford. No, nothing. The police are up a tree. Oh. So it's up to the Green Hornet to solve this mystery. You checked up on Sharks and Dykus, Podowski, and the others? Oh, yes, Mr. Brick. Cato, one of those five is involved in some way. One of those five spirited Braley out of that hospital. Yes, sir. But perhaps one of five have already killed Mr. Brady. Oh, no, you forget that. After I got those names from Lowry, I sent them Green Hornet notes, saying they'd be wiser to keep him alive. I suggested to each that I had a scheme to use him to advantage. Yes, sir, that's true. You think that one who is involved will wait until you contact him? I'm gambling on those rats being greedy. I've gambled right, 
Braley is still alive. If I've been wrong... Well, let's not think of that. I understand. But which one of the five? That's the problem. Mr. Britt, I think it... Uh, Prodoski. What? Yes, sir. If you please. You mentioned one time car that almost ran over this Braley. Well, we couldn't locate it, Kato. We couldn't catch the license number. Car similar to one you describe is owned by Prodoski. Kato. Yes, sir. It's a dark green with right green upper part. I think... Save it. That's plenty, Kato. Got the green hornet mask and the gas weapon. Yeah, in the car. Okay, open the sliding panel. We're going out in the black duty. Britt Reed and his valet, Kato, stepped through a secret panel in the rear of the clothes press. Then along a narrow passage built within the wall itself. A passage that led directly to the adjoining building. Seen from the street, this building looked deserted, abandoned. No one could guess that it served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty. Streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Here, mask and gun, Mr. Brown. I'll take that mask now, Kato. Yes, sir. I shall drive. No, I'll drive. Make sure that gas weapon is loaded. We're calling on Prodowski. And for Braley's sake, I hope we're on the right track. <laughs> Now, Mr. Brady. Kradowski. Around this corner. Okay, we'll use this alley. It is uh, next residence. Oh, there's a light in that room. Yes, sir. Who's that? You see him through the window? If you please. That is Prodoski. Yeah, talking on the phone. You stay here, Cato. I'm going in. to talk to Sharkson, see? This is Podoske. Knife Podoske. Yeah. Okay. A good number. Yeah, sure. For me, anything. Just stick around and listen while I... Hello, Sharkson. This is Knife. Wanted to ask you something, pal. Yeah, the cops was here, too. <laughs> Didn't learn nothing. Not a thing. Have I got Braley? He wants to know, have I got Braley? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Shaxon. About this, have I got Braley question? I ain't saying. You know me, pal, dumb like a fox. But listen, who's this green hornet? I want to know. I got a note from the log, and he said... What? Not that? Trouble, boss. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, Shaxon. Okay, thanks. Well, so that's it. The Hornet sent the same kind of note to Sharks. Hmm? The same note. Yes, sir, don't you get it? It's a fast one. The Hornet's pulling a fast one. He didn't know I'm the guy that's got Braley. He didn't oh, know that... I know it now, Prodowski. The Green Hornet. You fell for it. Braley's alive. Where is he? Dutch, get this guy. Don't move. Now, come on, Prodowski, spill it. You had one of your gun mulls put on an axe so you could get Braley out. Where is he? Who are you? What's under that mask you're wearing? I have a gun, Prodowski. I might use it the way you used a gun on Hazelton. Hazelton, shut up, Dutch. We don't know what you're talking about, pal. It was Braley put the finger on Hazelton. Yes, yeah, sure. That's why we bumped him off. Braley is dead? You got it. That's right. Braley's a nut, see? He's crazy. He shoots Hazelton. 
So, just to make sure we don't get mixed up in it, we give Raleigh the business. You're a smooth talker, Prodarsky. You know me. I can't afford to have the cops nosing too close to my business, so... So, you shut Braley's mouth. Right. I don't believe it. No, pal, I ain't lying One look at Dutch's face tells me it's a lie. You killed Hazelden, not Braley. Now you've got Braley someplace, and I want to know where. Arnott, you're jumping at the wrong conclusion. You're... Get him. Uh, Drop that gun. Miss me. Oh, you get away from that desk. Yeah. Well, first time... Take it. You shot me. Well, you're no good, Hornet. I I pressed the button first. See, I I pressed the button first. (laughs) Uh Oh. button. What's he talking about? What? What happened? I hear a shot. It's all right, kid. I'm the shot. Miss me. There they are. Mr. Brett, we get away fast. Police hear a shot. They come very soon. Wait. But please... I said wait. Look here, kid. A button? What is that for, Mr. Brett? Radowski pressed it before I gave him a shot of gas. That button must have been a signal to someone. A signal to kill Braley. What? And that's why we can't go. But the police... We can't go. We've got to find out where Braley is. We've got to find out before he dies. <laughs> That's for you, Moran. Oh, don't go telling me my business, Axel. Hello? Police headquarters. Who heard a gunshot? Okay, have the cop on the beat checkup. I can't be bothered with some dummy shooting off a pop gun, can I, Axel? Sure not, Moran. Suffering snakes, the story the Sentinel wants is about Braley. Now, it looks Please to me... Sergeant Moran, what's going on this time? Uh-huh. Yeah. You got a report from the car patrol on the beat. What's that? What kind of a car? I want a squad. I'll be right down. Axford at the Sentinel wants a scoop car. Holy crow, what's it about? There's a car in the alley behind Podowski's joint, and from the description, it's the car of the Green Horn. Holy crow, why didn't you say so? Lead the way. I'm right beside you. Again, Cato, hit it. Perhaps really not here, Captain House, Mr. Blit. We've got to keep looking. We'll try the basement. It's very dangerous. Come on, we'll keep looking. Gun loaded, I ain't gonna shoot you, Braley. Shoot you. You get it? Where, where is the move? About time, I brought out to press that buzzer. That's a signal to finish you off, see? You move. And it was your tough luck you had to wander right in on us when we shoot Hazelton. We slug you on the noggin, but you got away. <laughs> Amnesia, huh? Well, mister, you're gonna have a Permanence, uh, amnesia. The moon. Shadows under the tree. You, you've got a gun. <laughs> I've seen you before with a gun. 
It was that night. Oh, beginning to get your memory back, huh? It was that. Too bad it's too late. But what the, the gun? I just... I can't breathe, you... Meadow. Meadow, the tree. I saw it in the moonlight. Really? I saw that man. With a gun. Really? He's still not remember. He'll recover. He'll recover when All he... All right, hold it now. I got you. What? You forgot. All you did was knock me out. Use your fist instead of your gun. Well, you and your pal are going to join Braley. See, you're going to... Hey, what's that? A police siren. Now, Good work, Mr. Blitz. He looked other way only for one moment. You punch him hard. Same punch I used before. Now, come on, kid. We got to get out before the police get in. Police. Shadows under the moon. The meadow. I saw it. I saw it. Don't worry, Braley. You're getting better. You wear a mask. Who are you? Don't worry about a thing. The police are coming. They'll find you. They can't miss. They'll clean up this murder as soon as they get you. The moon. They shot him. In the meadow. Under the tree, yeah. They shot him. Yeah. The meadow. The meadow. The tree. A siren. That must be the police. The police. Shoulders Casey sitting at that typewriter was Brady. And Podolsky's joint looked like a tornado had hit it. Only it was the Green Hornet. You didn't get the Hornet? No, no, Casey. But Podolsky and his mob are in jail. And as soon as them doctors clear up Brady's mind so he can talk... Oh, I've got him, Miss Case. Hello, Reed speaking. Oh, Lowry. He did? Just a minute. Miss Case, call the switchboard and have a rewrite man hook in on this call. Lawrence at the hospital? Brayley's recovered his battery. Name Prodowski as Hazelton's murder. Get that to rewrite. Yes, sir. Start telling your story, Larry. We'll give it a headline that'll sell more papers than all the rest combined. We want pictures, personal interviews, the works. And that's The Green Hornet with The Man Wanted for Murder, starring Al Hodge from June 21, 1941. Let's take a break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Lisa, in our next hour, you know what we're going to tune into? I sure do. We've you, got the Black Museum. Yeah. And we have You Bet Your Life. Hey, uh, pretty good. You've been paying attention. Well, every so often, I yeah. you know try to stay with you. Right. You were. Yeah. I'm. I'm very impressed. As always, you always impress me. Yeah. I try to. I try to do my homework. You and your Burberry uh, it, scarf. It's actually from Walmart. All right. Very good. Well, it looks like it could be from Burberry. It could be. All right. Let's take a break, and then we'll have uh, hour three here of Hollywood 360 after this.